Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kevin Krenitsky about his book, The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. Kevin Kroninsky, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Florida. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about your book, The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. I really like that. And some people may be thinking, well, why are we talking about this in a workplace HR and people management podcast? Uh, I'm a big believer in holistic health, and that includes physical health, mental health, uh, social and spiritual health as well. And I think we're all better performers at work and work better together as teams when we look at all of those different aspects. And so that's the framing by which we're going to be exploring this topic and unpacking the contents of Kevin's book together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Kevin's bio with everybody. Kevin Kroninsky is an experienced executive with a demonstrated record of success working in the biotechnology and diagnostics and medical device industry. He is a strong corporate development professional skilled in building and leading teams and creating cultures focused on strategic execution. And again, the author of The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. Again, a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or context before we dive on in further? No, that's, that's great, John. Perfect. Well, why don't you tell us uh, just a little bit about the why behind the book? Uh, why this book? Why now? Why this topic? Well, as you mentioned, I, you know, I spent the better part of uh, 20 years in, in the industry and in the uh, life sciences industry, you know, uh, mostly in the diagnostic space. And, you know, despite that going very well in terms of any of the parameters that I think people would put on success and what success is and what success looks like. There was, uh, it didn't feel like a success internally. You know, there was, um, there was a lot of discontent, there was anxiety, there was fear. Um, and, you know, things that we, uh, we get really good at, at pushing down and managing and, you know, we're able to go through the world and be very effective even. Yet, um, you know, that effectiveness in the workplace and that effectiveness in business, it, it wasn't translating into the kind of the totality of my being. And, you know, that, that was something that after a period of time, 
um, it, it just it just had to be addressed. And, and I addressed it in, in certain ways, but ultimately it culminated in a period of about five or six years of me turning away from um, from, you know, full time work and just kind of being on the being on the wheel full time to really uh, turn around and really explore inward and, and, and really find that aspect of the self that doesn't come and go. That's um, always present. And, you know, that uh, that uh, led to um, that led to the writing, writing of the book. And that happened very organically. There was no plan to write a book. There was no, um, you know, there wasn't a desire even initially to write a book. It just it just came out of uh, out of this recognition. Yeah, that's excellent. I always appreciate uh, the backstory behind um, books and how they come to fruition. Uh, and just the ideas for them, because in most cases, these are things that professionals have wrestled with for an extended period of time. I know, you know, I've, in the books that I've written, it's, they've been informed by years, if not decades of practical experience and application, as well as research and, and interviews with professionals. And there's just so much that's going on for so long. And then it finally kind of makes its way onto the page for a book. And, and I think uh, that's, that's interesting in and of itself, regardless of what the actual content of the book is. But let's now jump into that. Uh, you've started to touch on it already a little bit. Lay out for us the simplicity of spiritual enlightenment. Um, because that, for some, that may seem like an oxymoron. Um, spiritual enlightenment, you know, oftentimes when I think about that, I think of, you know, something that takes a lifetime to achieve, uh, it, you know, things that people um, will continually be striving for. Um, and so it doesn't seem necessarily simplistic, but uh, help me understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, it, it's interesting in that, you know, the, the striving and the desire to uh, achieve is something that will, um, you know, could take potentially forever because enlightenment, in, in a sense, has nothing to do with striving. It has nothing to do with achievement. It's not attaining anything ultimately. It's, it's simply the recognition of our always present self-aware being. It, it is um, that aspect of ourselves that allows us to know all experience. It's there prior to experience. It's prior to mind. It's prior to thought. Um, and it's true. It's true that the world and the um, uh, you know, spiritual literature and, and, and the way that enlightenment or the way that the self-recognition is probably a better way to, to, re to, to state it, um, is in the world, it is really seen as the ultimate experience, when in fact, it's not an, it's not an experience at all. It's, it's the simple uh, recognition of that aware presence that we are. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it's uh, in many ways, in many ways, that's the problem, so to speak, is that it's seen as some type of exotic state or exotic experience that has to be attained or striven for. So in that regard, it's simple. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing more simple than being that which you already always are. Nothing. Um, it's, uh, it's not easy. I, I will say that. It's simple, but it's not easy. And the reason it's not easy is because we are conditioned to give all of our focus to externals. We give our focus to our thoughts, which come and go, our feelings, which come and go, of course, our perceptions, um, all of our, our senses. Uh, you know, that, that's the way 
essentially that uh, we have been conditioned in, um, uh, you know, in, in this particular in this particular world. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is, you know, if my next question were to be, so what are the steps to achieving spiritual enlightenment? You would say the very premise of that question is faulty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. Um, I think that's right. Although there are, you know, I, there are, there do seem to be stages, so to speak, in this understanding. Um, and, and one can talk about, about a few simple stages that seem to occur. But in terms of, uh, you know, a technique or a, uh, anything along those lines, you're right. In, in, a sense, in a sense, it's faulty. Yeah. So let's talk about those stages uh, and I'm familiar with stages of cognitive or moral or ethical development. There's various models and theories out there in the, in the um, psychological and, and social science literatures. Um, are you talking about stages that kind of map over with some of those or are there other different types of stages? Yeah, I, I think these are these are different than than that in a sense. I think the um, the the difference uh, and and maybe this this stages so to speak. The first stage is this this recognition of uh, this aware aspect of our being that's always present, but it's not it's never given any attention to that I that I mentioned. And that that first stage is this is this recognition that. Ultimately, that is what we are. That is our uh, that is our true nature. That's the aspect of us that doesn't change. It doesn't come. It it doesn't go. And that first step is that movement towards that recognition, or that first stage, I should say, is that recognition that fundamentally this is what I am. Um, the that step, and that that's a movement away from the common belief, of course, the belief that we all uh, we all have for most of our lives is that we are the body and the mind, and that is essentially our our identity. We we then begin to see that the body is a vehicle. The body is an experience within our aware being, as is the mind, as is thoughts, which continually come and continually go. So that's kind of that first recognition. And that recognition brings a little bit of peace. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, and it, it, I guess it, it presents a very intriguing possibility. It, it, when one begins to, to sit with that and to, and to uh, recognize that over and over again in um, the midst of experience, as well as if we sit quietly in meditation or, or prayer, whatever, whatever, we, uh, whatever we do, we, we then begin to um, recognize its ever-present nature and the fact that it is without lack. It has no limits. It, it's not something that is uh, definable. So in a sense, it's, it's eternal, ever-present, infinite. These words are a little difficult for the mind sometimes, but that, that step or, or that recognition is, is that recognition, which is commonly in um, spiritual circles uh, refer to as self-recognition or enlightenment or liberation or salva salvation or, you know, it, it, there's many, 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 many uh, ways to, um, uh, that, it, that it has been described. And, and then really after that, there's a, a, a lifelong, never-ending recalibration of how we live 
according to that newfound understanding. And that's where, you know, coming out with that, that's where this can be applied to business or anything, whatever you're doing in the world, um, coming from that recognition of, of, of presence uh, is, is then something that we, we, learn, um, we learn and we realign, if you will, how we think, act, interact, relate to others and, and to the world. So those are yeah, yeah. stages, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's in my experience. In my experience, yeah, no, that's very very helpful. And and again, if we apply this into the workplace, I'm thinking about um, alignment. I'm thinking about uh, calibration of energies, and the physical, the the psychological, mental, the social, the spiritual. All of those components are just different legs to a stool in my mind. Um, They they just all allow us to be more holistically healthy and have more holistically healthy relationships with those around us. Um, I think of experiences in the workplace, for example, achieving a flow state in your work. Um, To me, that's a very spiritual kind of an experience when I find myself hitting a flow state uh, where things just kind of seem to come out of me and it's, it's, natural and fluid and i'm not like straining to try to produce it's just it's just coming from me now for some people they may say well that's that's great but that's not spiritual um and i guess ultimately it doesn't really matter how we parse those words or choose to define them um but that seems to connect with me in 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 relation to what you've been just talking about thoughts about uh, flow or creativity, innovative work that we do in organizations and how that might connect to this, this uh, move towards spiritual enlightenment or at least attunement. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think, you know, we, we can throw out the words. The words aren't uh, really important. It's, um, it's the recognition and, and the, you know, operating from that place of presence. It, it's true. And, you know, if you're an athlete, you call it, we call it being in the zone, Certainly, if, if you're an artist, um, you know, you may produce uh, great works of art from, from this, from that state of flow, from that recognition uh, of, of wholeness and non-fragmentation. Now, I, I will say in, 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 in that, you know, it, it, one doesn't need to recognize that as their self-nature, as their own being necessarily, you know, um, but that can come, that can come through. The, the beauty of uh, the beauty of taking this to that recognition is then it is something that is ever present. It, it, it is with you. Um, it is with you and recognized as being with you all of the time. But it does and it does lead, you know, it, it leads to a concentration in the now and being in the now and not having extraneous thoughts pull you away from whatever it is that you are doing at that moment is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, particularly in business, uh, if you're if you're negotiating, if you're you know if you're evaluating something, if you're advising, um, it really uh, it really eliminates anything extraneous in terms of um, you know uh, preconceived notions and when what what memory might bring to the table. Memory is there. You don't lose your memory. You don't you know you you have all of the information, but um, it's, it, it allows you to, in a sense, uh, perhaps be in what you call that, that flow state on a, on a much more consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just, in my, in my experience, 
it's not necessarily anything I'm trying to achieve or to do. It just kind of happens. All of a sudden I find myself in that flow state um, and I just try to ride the wave as long as I can. But I do believe there are things we can do to increase the likelihood that we will more often achieve those types of flow states or being in the zone or however you want to term it. You And I, I suppose you've already kind of touched on that a little bit when you're talking about the stages and, and some of the different approaches, but any thoughts on what we can do, you know, what are some of the consistent types of habits or, or the, the things that we can do to create an environment where perhaps we have a greater likelihood of, of having a, a, a more frequent sense of that flow state or spiritual enlightenment or however we want to call it. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Yeah, I, I you know, in, in the book, I, I mention a lot this, this practice of when we have the opportunity to ask ourselves a simple question, are we aware? And when we ask ourselves the question, am I aware? We, we bypass the mind. We, we usually pause, we pause and we recognize our own awareness and we say yes to that. Of course, I'm an aware being. Initially, we recognize that because we're, we're aware to what's happening around us. We, we hear, we see, and we know that. That simple recognition of our awareness, that being aware of being aware is the seed the seed that one can recognize and plant and then water over and over again. And what I mean by water is you go back to that recognition of awareness. You could do it when you're sitting quietly in meditation and, and certainly that's you know, recommended, but also uh, in, the state of, in the state of normal everyday activities, you know, especially if activities get turbulent or if there's you know, some conflict or, or, or things are um, heating up, so to speak, 
you can go back and recognize your own aware presence that is there always. And, and that, that, when done over and over again, begins and can, can begin to shift the identity from everything external, from the story of us, from our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, uh, to that which knows them. And, and, you know, little by little in time, it becomes much more solidified. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And maybe it's already obvious to everybody, but I do think it's worth pointing out when we talk about spirituality or when we talk about these types of flow states, um, this doesn't necessarily need to be, it can be, but it doesn't need to be connected to any sort of specific religious denomination or uh, worldview or anything like that, right? We're, we're talking about something that is outside of organized religion, though certainly people can find spiritual enlightenment within their own chosen denomination or spiritual tra faith tradition, right? Um, and so, so, so these, these are, we often use them, um, you know, the same way, but they are different terms. They do mean different things. And I think it's worth separating out. I also think, you know, for people who are concerned about bringing religion into the workplace, uh, and understandably so, that, that can be a fraught uh, topic <laughs> and, and a challenging thing. Um, but I don't think there's any reason why we need to be worried about uh, these types of approaches towards spiritual enlightenment or flow or, or mindfulness, uh, oneness with ourselves. I don't think we need to be worried about that in the workplace at all. I think that's um, part of the human condition. Every single one of us is, is trying to find um, ways uh, to better uh, find peace with ourselves and, and with those around us. Uh, and I think, I don't know if you've seen this show, it's a silly show uh, called Parks and Recreation. Does that ring a bell to you? I, I know the show. I haven't, my wife has seen, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, I might've seen an episode or two over the years. Yeah. So, so for anyone who's seen the show and for, if you haven't, I apologize, but I'm just going to give you a quick example. Um, there, there is one character in the show. He's kind of the curmudgeonly, um, manager of the parks and rec department he's or the director or whatever and and he doesn't really like people that much he doesn't like government he he's a libertarian he uh he's certainly not religious he 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 just uh he kind of does his thing he's very uh hands-on very um crafty he, he he's a carpenter he has a cabin in the woods like that's kind of his persona and he's a, a hilarious character um, there's, there's one episode where he goes, uh, one of his colleagues gets him to go with him to, to a yoga session. You know, he's asking him, so what's, what's the point? Or is, it was like a yoga meditation session. And he's like, what's the point of this? And his friend's like, well, you just, you just try to, to be here and be one with yourself and clear your mind. And it's really hard. And he's like, okay, how long do we do this for? And he's like, you know, a couple hours. And, and so they go to the session and he, he doesn't even get down on a mat. He's just standing there basically the whole time when the session's over, um, the, his friend asks him, so how did it go? What did you think about? And he's like, absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, my mind was completely clear because that's just kind of his natural state of just being present in the moment, his oneness all of that, like in my mind, that's a very centered spiritual person, even though he would never use those types of terms. And of course they did it in a very humorous, you know, funny way, comical way in the, in the show that is far better than how I just described it. Um, but the point, the reason why I bring up that example, not only is the show funny, I definitely recommend it to everyone. It's a great workplace comedy, um, great characters, but uh, because 
these concepts are for everyone. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that. Um, so whether you see yourself as, you know, uh, uh, an atheist uh, or a believer in God, whether you see yourself as a religious person, organized religion or on your own, whatever the case may be, whatever your particular um, stances on all those things, I don't think it really matters. Uh, I don't think any of that actually pertains all that much to what we're talking about. Uh, and you can be a very uh, enlightened and uh, in tune person without having any of those other things. Uh, and certainly you can be enlightened and in tune with those things as well. But uh, my point is, you know, let's not be afraid of it. Uh, we talk about mental health a lot that the stigma behind that's coming down and, and, and we talk about that and rightfully so. Um, do we talk about our spiritual health as much as we can or should? Uh, and I think this is an important part of that dialogue so that we can bring our whole authentic self to the workplace and be a holistically healthy person. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's true that you know the still I we use the word the still point and the still point refers to our being, our self-aware being. It's the being of all. It, it's it's whole. It's complete. It's it's not two. It it is. Uh, we all share that same being, and it is prior to thought. So it is prior to any concept. So you're right. It it, it you know any concept that. Uh, we would have or any belief that we would have but you know a belief is nothing but a thought one has over and over again until it becomes something that we don't question anymore um, it, it those are uh, you know there's there's nothing about any of that that relates directly to the to to the still point and this is something that um, it, it doesn't matter what belief system one has or doesn't have uh, this is uh, this is prior to that, and the recognition of this allows you to recognize the being of all, which of course has um, wonderful benefits uh, not only for you but for the the totality of the environment uh, that you're that you're in. And, and if that's in the workplace, that's uh, that's great as well, of course. Yeah, wonderful. Well, Kevin, this has been a really fun conversation. We've only just scratched the surface. Of course, you go into much more detail and talk about all these concepts much more in your book. Um, before we wrap up the conversation for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, no, the, you know, the, the, the book is available online everywhere. I, I think uh, whatever your preferred outlet is, um, there's a website, it's author kevinkronitsky.com. And of course the book is available there and, you know, a couple other things will pop up on there. It's very easy to, uh, to find that um, if you're, if you're interested in uh, looking into this further. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Kevin can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. 
Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.